Hello, one and all, and welcome to the 393rd episode of the Quarantine Cast, recorded on November 9th, 2021, a Tuesday. Andrew Clark is on assignment, and I find it interesting that Aaron Rodgers has decided to go from a relatively private individual to my personal mortal enemy. Oh, wait. Wearing like new developments? Wearing a Rise of Skywalker hoodie. Yeah, I saw that. It was his normal Tuesday appearance. <laughs> what was so bad about that movie? As, a, as someone who likes Star Wars. And, be honest, do people agree with you? Because <laughs> I can't keep it straight. Which one is the bad one? Which one is the one that the Nazis hate? Which one is the one that n- most people hate? Like, it's all exhausting, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Um, so, I think The Force Awakens was the first uh, of the new series, and the one originally incepted by J.J. Abrams. I think most people agree that one is fine, if a little bland, uh, than The and Last a Jedi. a complete remake of Episode Four. Yeah. <laughs> Just a, a, an absolute reboot, beat for beat, with the first Star Wars movie. They knew what they were getting when they hired J.J. Abrams. They (laughs) They were getting a literal reboot. It's supposed to kick off the next generation of Star Wars, and they just copied. (laughs) Yeah, J.J. Abrams makes saccharine crowd-pleaser movies. It's what he does. Do you want originality? You want something creative? You don't go for J.J. Abrams for that. You want something that people are like, oh, that was a nice two hours. J.J. Abrams. (laughs) I feel like the J.J. Abrams slander is real. I don't know what J.J. Abrams did to you ever. Let's let's, let's look at his entire filmography and find... Uh, Uh, But then... Do people not like Super 8? I don't know. Anyway, what? I don't know. I always thought Super 8 was like... Fucking Stranger Things before Stranger Things, but um, so creative and original. <laughs> I mm, minus that element. Uh, <laughs> you just said then, it beat Stranger Things to the punch. The last Jedi uh, was the Rain Johnson film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally enjoyed and thought was really great, if a little long in places. But no, I enjoyed that. Um. I know some people, some friends of the podcast even have differing opinions on that, but uh, that is the one uh, a lot of Nazis have decided ruined Star Wars, I guess. Mm. I don't even really remember why at this point. Um, Yeah. Uh, And then uh, The Rise of Skywalker is the movie that they brought J.J. Abrams back to do, which wasn't always intended mm-hmm. and then he kind of decided yeah so in the first half of this movie i'm gonna retroactively undo everything uh the last jedi set up and then just kind of fill it in with a bunch of nonsense that is thematically disjointed and doesn't make any sense within the continuity of star wars interesting so you did like last jedi and then you did not like Rise of Skywalker. Okay. 
and Nazis didn't like Last Jedi and abandoned the series and didn't watch Rise of Skywalker? What the Nazis do with Rise of Skywalker? I don't know. I think everyone was making fun of that movie, so it would, yeah, it was hard to tell why bad people didn't like it. I think everybody just disliked that movie. <laughs> Regardless of political, it united everyone. You oh did it, JJ. What a force for good that was. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I can't keep them straight. People think those are good, and they're not. I... <laughs> They never were. You were a kid when you watched it, and you liked it a lot because you were a kid, and it was space lasers. Hey, come on, man. There are maybe two and a half great movies out of that entire franchise. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) There are great set pieces uh, isolated within long, meandering narratives that... (laughs) For some reason, focus on the space <laughs> politics a lot of the time. <laughs> and not in like a cool lore building, like, oh, this is raising the stakes way. In like a, a bureaucratic, like, <laughs> no, in order to <laughs> understand why the galactic democracy is in peril, you need to understand some of the the finer points of the galactic what, uh... council. What if I told you they were getting some wacky drugs out of that giant worm in that meteor? That makes Star Wars good. Okay. Eh. Isn't all the extended stuff not canon? Like, Disney just binned all that? Oh, I was making a Dune reference, but... Oh. Yeah, no, I thought Dune wasn't that great either. But at least the lore of Dune, like, yeah, did set up Mm -hmm. the universe in an interesting way. Like, it was... The lore of Dune was, by and large, tell in order so that you could show. Whereas I felt like Star Wars was just tell, 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 tell. Tell, 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 tell. And then a lightsaber battle. (laughs) So, I don't know, man. It's, um... It's something. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a comet that has drugs in it. In the extended universe, right? Which is all dead now. Yeah... Except, except when they're mining content, I get they're, I they're taking the Marvel comics approach where it's like, yeah, none of this matters except for the cool stuff or the stuff we can work with. Then we'll put that in a movie, but everything else now that's garbage. Oh, and when we put it in the movie, we're not going to pay the people who created these ideas initially. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's garbage. George Lucas is a hack. No, I don't know. He seems fine. <laughs> seems like a, a bit of an egomaniac who yeah, had a lot of commercial success, so he thought he was fucking God's gift to the world. I decided I'm going to just do it again. <laughs> Seemingly well-meaning guy, no idea what his politics are or how they work in 2021. Ooh. 
He's an old, very rich white man. I think he's married to a black woman, though. Is that canon? <laughs> yeah. Melody Hobson, the chairwoman of Starbucks. Former chairwoman of DreamWorks Animation. Oh my god, she's 52? She's 25 years younger than him? Oh. Melody Hobson, you're the chairwoman of Starbucks. You can yeah. do better than fucking George Lucas. <laughs> it's a 77-year-old who's known for being a a large man and an egomaniac. Like, you can... <laughs> Melody. Do better for yourself. So, wait. What did she do? She joined an investment firm as an intern... Rose to become a senior vice president, director of marketing, then became mm. the president, and then became yeah, the chair of the board of trustees, and then yeah, is just a board member for a bunch of stuff now. Interesting. And yeah, now she's the chair of Starbucks, which is great. Began dating film director and producer George Lucas in 2006 after they met at a business conference. Oh, yeah, she was briefly involved with DreamWorks, which I don't know if that has some connection. Um, and then they were married at Skywalker Ranch. They have a daughter who was born via surrogacy. A uh, bit of trivia in there, but okay. Yeah, that's fun. So a 77-year-old man and a... Well, look, it was 2013, so a 69-year-old man and a 44-year-old woman who are both worth more than the amount of money that we'll ever see in our lifetime had a daughter via <laughs> surrogacy. Fair. Um, personal life. Does that have any... No. Any interesting... I know, yeah, he was married to the editor of the movies... Who apparently kind of brought the movies together. Yeah. From a bit of a mess. Um, he likes Norman Rockwell. Mm. That's us. Red flag. That's <laughs> <laughs> us. No, I don't know. Um, he's a fan of Family Guy. <laughs> he likes Family Guy. <laughs> he's I a mean, middle schooler. You know, some of those episodes hit okay. He, was, he supported Hillary Clinton in 2016. I feel like that's kind of bare minimum shit. Right. Uh, he got ticketed. Oh. For making an illegal left turn. <laughs> I don't know what that's in reference to. Um, uh, this is what the passes for Wikipedia worthy nowadays. Yeah. A few days before his high school graduation, Lucas was driving his souped-up Auto Bianchi Bianchina. Oh, so he was like Maybe. super rich or something? Probably. Uh, and when another driver broadsided him, flipping his car several times before crashing into a tree. Lucas's seatbelt snapped, ejecting him and thereby saving his life. Oh my god, he's one of those guys. <laughs> However, his lungs were bruised from severe hemorrhaging and he required emergency medical treatment. 
and yeah, he was later ticketed for making an illegal left turn, so it was his fault in the first place. <laughs> but he's one of those guys that says, like, I was thrown clear. Sometimes seatbelts seat kill you. That was... Uh, yeah, that was a feature of my high school's don't drive recklessly, don't text and drive seminar where the mom of a teenage girl that had died in a car accident said, yeah, she wasn't wearing a seatbelt because her cousin was also in a car accident and wasn't wearing a seatbelt and they attributed being ejected from the car as saving their life, which, mm-hmm. no, gang. Yeah. Pretty much. We had a guy who came in and just was the guy who killed someone because mm. he was texting while driving. And now he goes around and talks about his story. How you shouldn't do that. Which is interesting. I'm like, are you being paid? To, how do you get there? Yeah. Are you taking advantage of the fact that you murdered someone and made a career out of it? Were you sentenced? to this because i feel like this might be cruel and unusual punishment no he was like long out of like yeah he went to jail and has been out of jail for a long time like yeah Mm. so i don't know i remember we like held his feet to the fire and like asked a bunch of questions that made him very uncomfortable (laughs) like it was in front of the whole school it was like a school-wide meeting and yeah, like he was asking for people for questions and people were asking, like, what did the text say? And stuff like that. Like, yeah, no, people went hard. They did the thing that you're not supposed to do when like veterans come in, for example, and just ask like oh. some of the excruciating details that he probably uh, thinks about every single night before he goes to sleep. So like now that you've killed somebody, do you have a thirst to do it again? <laughs> Some people report a feeling that they're they're God and that they got to decide whether someone lives or dies and it becomes a bit of a insatiable thirst for them. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, long-time listener, first-time asker. Um, how dare you? <laughs> yeah. First of all, did you get paid for this? <laughs> Are you just a speaker who does this in his free time for, like, airfare? Or is this your source of income, talking I... about the fact that you murdered someone? Wait, were they not, like, from the state? They, they weren't in the state of Wisconsin? Yeah, no, they were like a... It was a, it was an act. Like, it, was, it wasn't just a local who, yeah, came in to talk. It was, like, a guy with, like, posters and, like, a clearly well-rehearsed presentation and stuff like that yeah i'm assuming yeah we flew him in and everything like that okay so like i know some therapists can recommend like public speaking about something like this as a way to like process and like work through this kind of incident but this goes well beyond that that was my kind of theory of what was going on here they did feel some genuine guilt about it, and this is how they helped cope with that. But no, this is well beyond that at this point. Um, yeah. we're both we're both fairly successful people in relatively interesting niche career fields. If your high school offered to have you speak to a class about how you got where you are in your job, would you do it? If it was specific, yeah. 
Right. If my high school was like, come to the gym and talk to nah, yeah. 900 high school students, I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> but yeah, no, if it was like, I don't know, some sort of media class. Oh, okay. I'd be like, hmm, yeah. No, like people who are actually interested and not just fucking snot-nosed Fortnite kids or some shit. Like, <laughs> who, who could not give less of a fuck and half of them tried to sneak out the side doors before the assembly so they could, uh, I don't know, go fucking dip in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, not so much. But, yeah, no, if, like, my high school guidance counselor who, you know, was was part of the... Or not even... A, my high school tech teacher who's not even, wasn't even a counselor at the time, he was just training to become one, if he was still teaching and taught a class of, uh, you know, like some sort no, of media fair. class, and was just like, hey, yeah. would you want to come talk? Then yeah. Mr. <laughs> McCarville, hit me up if you're listening. And I don't know if you're still teaching. Hopefully you're a guidance counselor by now, I guess. He, he wanted to be that. But yeah, no, he ran me down in the hallway after a, like, weird career meeting that we were forced to have with the guidance counselor and our parents and was just like, Hey, I know you didn't mention this career path, but like when you were in my class, you seemed to have a particular interest in it. So just want to make sure you had this just in case. And that was like, uh, Oh, people think that you can do that for a living. Yeah. People think that you can work in TV and movies and actually make money. So, yeah, hit me up, Mr. McSee. If UW did it, I'd probably be less likely than really my high school. Yeah. Huh. I'm, I don't know, man. UW's, UW did not treat me that well. Oh. I felt pretty on the outside a lot of times in that uh, department. Got a little bit of tea to spill here? Like, what, made, what makes you say that? I don't know. Like it was, it was uh, the advanced production courses mm-hmm. in at UW really seemed very political and weird, and I always felt like someone that was the guy doing the most to like really put myself out there and doing everything extra that I possibly could to like like this was the thing I wanted to do, and yeah, I remember the one semester where. Originally, I didn't even get any advanced production courses, even though I applied for like four of them and yeah, like got waitlisted for one of them, which was like one that had a ton of spots open. And I was like, what? I've been in an advanced production course every semester and like gotten good grades and always like showed up and done all like the extra work and everything like that. I run a TV club on campus like... Yeah, and then the one that I got waitlisted for, I did end up getting into. Um, and and by the way, this is when I decided I wanted to graduate early. I was like, oh, okay, fuck this place. And then I did end up getting into one of them that I got waitlisted for. And um, yeah, like someone dropped out after like a week and they just didn't replace them. Like with another person on the waitlist or anything, we just had less people. And then, yeah, I was like far and away the one doing the most like I showed up every single morning before class to like set up equipment and like work with the TA and like get extra exposure to all this stuff and yeah like went pretty hard and was if not the most dedicated one of the most dedicated students in the class and a lot of them were just like they couldn't care less 
So I was like, okay, <laughs> kind of fucked this place, huh? So, I mean, yeah, I guess I kind of see where you're coming from on some of that. I remember now that you mentioned that I tried to take a couple of journalism courses, and that not allowed to do that apparently at UW Madison. You either take you either take those classes in a very specific order and major in journalism or you don't take any of them ever. Yeah. Like by the time I like even the career thing might be going someplace, I should take journalism classes to explore that a little bit. Didn't and I don't know. This started off by me saying we're doing fine right. now, but like, eh, weird to think about. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm doing fine now, and mm-hmm. like, I can't mm-hmm. understate the importance of going to the University of Wisconsin to being where I am yeah. now. Like, the alumni and the people that are associated with the school have been nothing but incredibly welcoming, and it's been really cool to live in LA as someone who went there because there is a huge community of people that went there and like Jews tend to stick together out here even so like yeah I don't regret going but <laughs> I felt like while I was there I, it wasn't always great like no and like I'm f- different mechanisms but fundamentally I'm in the same place I wouldn't be where I am now if not for an internship that was functionally an internship that was brought up by a UW-Madison counselor. Yeah, if you're going to college for the connections, then <laughs> seems seems like they got, they do pretty well. But I don't know. When we were actually there, eh, hit or miss. The people, the, the, the other, the fellow students were pretty great. But apparently, I guess some of the, some of the faculty, just not so much. I was and and the just general way that it was run um i don't know <laughs> i had a lot of issues and i always talked about it as like a uw thing that like they just don't do very well hashtag the real uw madison ah that hashtag might might still be in use i, I shouldn't co-op that feels like a monday to me because i had last month i had yesterday off so good luck with the start of your week 